You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. This episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Joining me, as always, is Matt Williamson. Find Matt on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. Matt, how's it going? It's going great. Happy holidays to all. We're coming down the home stretch here for fantasy playoffs, and the real-world NFL is wrapping up, gearing up for the real playoffs, and I hope everyone has a great holiday season. Absolutely. Totally echo all of those words. It is Christmas week. We get a, we get a Christmas Day game, uh, and even even more rare, a, a Friday game. So it's, it's going to be weird watching the NFL on Friday later this week, but uh, fun as always, and uh, really kind of anything goes in, in this season. It has to be the only year that we've had a game Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Has to be. Yes, yeah, I, I did hear, <laughs> well, I actually uh, heard a few weeks ago that um, once they started moving games around and, and we had that Wednesday game, that this would be the first year in history that a game would be played on all of those. And, and mm. I didn't, I didn't know at that point I was, I didn't know where the Friday game was coming from. I didn't realize we had this Christmas day uh, game on Friday, uh, Friday afternoon or Friday evening. Crazy. So uh, yeah, so it all makes sense now. Uh, and, and we do get at least one game every single day of the week throughout this season. Pretty wild. <laughs> Matt, it's Tuesday. We are doing our dynasty transactions. Uh, I, I tried to come up with some players to sell here, and we'll kind of get into it a little bit later, but uh, we always just give the listeners a shopping list. Players we're focused on buying. This week is no different. Uh, who are you shopping for in your dynasty leagues? Well, unless you've been living under a rock, you realize the Jets no longer, as it sits right now, own the rights to Trevor Lawrence. And that is now the Jags. That could change. And is the difference between... Lawrence and Fields, that ridiculously different? Maybe not, but maybe. So I think now, or as soon as possible, is as good a buying opportunity as you can for DJ Chark, who, anyone that owned him this year, he was my most frustrating player that I owned Mm -hmm. on any roster. He made me crazy. And LaVisca Chenault, who I think is still a very high-end talent, and him and Lawrence together for the next couple years, I think will be really intriguing. And then someone that might be more applicable and possible to grab now that's probably on all your waiver wires, I think Josh Oliver, he's one of my hot young tight ends I've always stored. And he's probably not on any roster because he's on injured reserve. Eifert's really the only thing in front of him. Pick him up for nothing and just stash him and maybe you'll say thank you one day. Yeah, I really like the Josh Oliver call. And... Uh, you kind of had this suggestion a, a few weeks ago, uh, not only with, with Chark and Chenault, but uh, with some of the, the Jets players looking ahead 
at teams who are, are likely to have an improved quarterback situation. And of course, the Jets and the Jags are at the top of that list because they're at the top of the NFL draft order. But up until a couple days ago, we, we thought it would be the Jets with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and now, it, as you said, it looks like it will be the Jaguars. And, and it's a great spot for these players, Chark, Chenault, uh, even Josh Oliver. Uh, but it's, it's also a great spot, I think, for Trevor Lawrence. You, you look at the weapons he might have had with the Jets, and they were not, not nearly as appealing as this. Really no answers in the running game right now. We like Denzel Mims uh, as, as that young wide receiver, but beyond him, lots of, lots of question marks. Uh, so you have, to, you have to be feeling pretty good if you're, um, if you're Trevor Lawrence right now or, or if you're a dynasty player with Trevor Lawrence on your roster or soon to be on your roster. Yeah, I 100% agree. And um, it's not that bad a landing spot. We don't know who the Jags coach is going to be, but – there's some pieces in place there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm focused on a couple of wideouts as well. Um, and, and I've seen a lot of talk about buying Jerry Judy uh, because while so many other of these rookie wide receivers are performing at a high level, we've seen Justin Jefferson and Brandon Ayuk and C.D. Lamb, T. Higgins, all these guys uh, are really just having massive seasons as rookies. Uh, Judy has struggled, but to me, the, the Jerry Judy price is still still pretty high. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think it's necessarily going to be a, a buy low opportunity this offseason. Uh, may, maybe lower or maybe cheaper than he was to start the season, but in our recent ADP at DLF, Jerry Judy's still a top 20 dynasty wide receiver. He's not going to be cheap. A couple players that might be pretty cheap and, and possibly easy to acquire are the pair of Raiders rookies, Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards. Of course, the Raiders drafted Ruggs in round one, drafted Edwards on day two of the NFL draft, and basically neither of them have, have done anything hardly this season. Ruggs has made a couple of impact plays, but uh, they've both been in and out of the lineup. Uh, when they have been there, it's... It, it's barely been noticeable, honestly. Uh, Nelson Aguilar and, and Darren Waller have really made up the offense. And you think about that wide, what that wide receiver core might look like next year. Aguilar is a free agent. Uh, Hunter Renfro is fine. He is what he is. But I, I think it's going to be Ruggs and Edwards who are given the chance once again to be uh, potentially the top two wide receivers on that roster. And I think now's a great time to try to acquire them and get them on, on your fantasy roster. That makes a ton of sense. And you've mentioned Edwards throughout the year, which I think is great. Um, I would be shocked. They're always active in, in the offseason, but I have to think the offseason's mostly about the defense. And so maybe they add a veteran, but I don't think they're going to use premium resources at the position, especially with Waller being there as a, you know, a high-target guy as well and as much invested they have in these two. But this maybe is a bigger conversation and maybe one for another day. But this Mariota car situation to me is really intriguing. Yeah, I, I did want to ask you what your thoughts are on that. Um, I believe they're both locked up uh, into next year as well. They are. Yeah, so it, it seems like the Raiders fans and really all fantasy players – 
are just itching to to get rid of Derek Carr, and all it took was a good half or a good three quarters from Marcus Mariota to to have them ready to to have a changing of the guard. I mean, Mariota looked great uh, the other night in, in relief. He actually ended up being a a fantasy QB one, even though he uh, didn't even play the entire game. See, I've always been a massive Mariota backer, and I haven't trumpeted that quite as much lately, obviously, as the <laughs> stock has fallen, and I felt like I was out on that limb by myself for a long time. But I always use the example of, if I were Mariota's prosecuting attorney or defense attorney, I could make really strong cases for his time in Tennessee. You know, lots of injuries, constant change in coaching staffs, um, you know, things like that. And then finally to say... Yeah, I hear all that noise, but you got to be better. You're the second pick in the draft. Elevate those people around you. You're not the only ones with going through hard times. But, man, I loved how he played. I think it's, at a minimum, a great example of, in Superflex, why you grab Jameis Winston. Um, Wentz is an, and Darnold are probably too high-profile of an example. But even a Haskins. Or look at Trubisky. I mean, guys that have a lot of pedigree okay, they don't like the world on fire their first three years in the league. Or go get Drew Locke after they signed Cam Newton. You know what I mean? Like, stash these high-pedigree high guys because I bet some of those names I just mentioned, even Jacoby Brissett, are going to be true starters at some point. Yeah, I totally agree. In, in Superflex, you've got to roster uh, every single starting quarterback, obviously. But then... Sure. Then go deeper. I mean, you almost want... And pay uh, almost, for them. Right, yeah. Uh, almost every single number two uh, backup, uh, QB2, I guess you could say, is is worth a roster spot in most Dynasty Superflex leagues as well. So absolutely stack up on, on those guys because they are going to have, even if it's just short-term value, they're going to have some value at some point. We'll talk more Raiders quarterback conversation you know, stuff, but I don't know that it's nuts to think... They trade Carr for a pick, and Mariota's the guy. Yeah, I I just don't know what kind of market there would be for for either of those players right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mariota Mariota probably has more of a of a trade market just due to that contract. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I mean, Carr's just if you're New England or Indy or somebody like that that has some pieces in place. I don't know. I. I I think there's more to come in that story, I guess is all I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of moving pieces at the quarterback position all around the league this off season. And, and we saw that last year as well. It, it made for a fun, uh, a fun off season and, and we'll have a repeat of that. So yes, definitely more to come on that more to come on this episode as well. After the break, we are going to do our t- dynasty team building segment and I'm going to talk about some roster cloggers, Matt. Great. I'm psyched. And first of all, are you guys ready for some football? College football heads into bowl season, and there are some big matchups this weekend. NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clearer and clearer. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On. 
for your 50% welcome bonus. I mean, guys, that's like free money. That's hard to argue with that. Um, you know, you, you can hit, at obviously, NFL, college, all the different sports out there. Basketball's right around the corner. Hockey just announced that they're coming back. But right now, I mean, it's obviously the time to get some bets down on football. Um, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Hey guys, coming up on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Dynasty, we will be holding our latest Dynasty value studies, so be sure to uh, come back and listen in for those. Right now, though, we are talking about uh, roster cloggers. Matt, several years ago for, for DLF, I wrote an article called Roster Cloggers, and it was really just focused on on those players who they seem to be on a dynasty roster in every league I was in. Sometimes they were on my roster. I never considered starting them. Uh, They were, uh, you could say, past their prime, or maybe they never even had a prime. They basically had no trade value, but there they were on my roster. And and I I had this fear that if I dropped them, somebody else would pick them up, and, and maybe I would be missing out. And, and I finally realized if, if I'm not going to start them, if I can't trade them and, and they have no long-term upside, then, then what am I doing? Why are they <laughs> right, on my right. roster? And in fact, if I drop them and somebody else picks them up, that's actually a good thing for me. That's actually one of my opponents uh, wasting a roster spot, essentially. If they're picking up a player that I've deemed unworthy of a roster spot, that's a win for me. So... This idea of roster cloggers is one that that I think about uh, pretty often, actually, and I don't think we've talked about it much on here, but I wanted to, as as we near the offseason, and, and some of our listeners, and, and Matt and us as well, are already into the offseason in some of our leagues as we've exited the playoffs, uh, but I, I wanted to look at some of these players who could be in that uh, in that conversation, could be labeled as a roster clogger because if if they are, we want them off our roster. We want somebody with some upside, uh, with some potential value at some point on that roster, and and make those changes now while you can. I think this is so smart by you because not only you laid it out perfectly, but I love the aspect of. I want somebody else to have this player because then he doesn't have somebody that's has an upside or, or maybe he'll even start him against me someday. Or, I mean, even yeah. if you could take five roster cloggers and offer them for a third round pick, you're happy. I mean, you win on both sides of the deal kind of de- kind of situation. And I think it'd be smart for everyone to look at each and every player. Think about what's the ceiling for this guy? What, uh, what platonic events have to happen for this guy to be, startable or an asset and is that ship already sailed if you know the future if they're a little bit older so i think it's a great way of looking at your roster just don't be afraid to get rid of them actually be happy you do yeah our our buddy sigmund bloom talks about telling a story right so what's the story you can tell for this player gaining dynasty value and and 
for the the players I'm going to look at today, it, it's hard to tell a story where they gain dynasty value, where they where they can get you a a second round pick in, in a trade or anything like that. So let's go through some of the names. Uh, would love to hear your feedback on each of these guys. Uh, we'll start at the running back position. Tevin Coleman, roster he's clogger. Probably, he's probably the first one that came to mind. Really? Because I, okay. Because I own him in like four leagues because I kind of liked what he did in Atlanta three years ago. I mean, right. that's basically what it comes down to is Kyle Shanahan likes him. I should like him. They gave him money. He had some good games in a part-time role three years ago. Roster clogger. Yeah, so Coleman has, has not really been able to stay healthy. The players around him haven't stayed healthy either. Uh, so even when, when Mostert's been out or McKinnon or Wilson have been out, Coleman still hasn't thrived. All of those those other three players, when they've been given a chance at the role, they've really thrived and, and have put up some fantasy points. Coleman is the only one in that backfield who hasn't. We could even throw Matt Breda in there from the past couple of years. He played well also. Col- Coleman is the exception. He he just hasn't performed uh, really in years. Uh, he is 27 years old, going to be 28 soon. I don't know. Can you tell a story? If you've got a running back, kind of a middling running back like this, San Francisco is really the place where you want them to be because they're not focused yeah. on that uh, necessarily on that stud back. They give guys like this a chance, and he still hasn't gotten it done. He's on a roster in every single one of my leagues. I haven't seen him on the waiver wire in years, but I think that's maybe where he belongs. Probably. I mean, he's not doing any good on any of my rosters, and he's been there way too long, and I think that answers itself. And running backs don't have that long a shelf life. I'm sure his best days are behind him. One small just question for you is not pertaining to Coleman, but when in doubt, I would keep a roster clogger running back over a roster clogger at other positions. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's a okay. good point. Uh, what about Marlon Mack? So Mack is does not have uh, d- does not have the age of, of Coleman or some of the other players. He's still just twenty five years old. Uh, we've seen him perform at a high level before, a relatively high level, I guess I should say. But he suffered that nasty injury. We've never seen a running back come back from that injury. The Colts are clearly moving on. They're not. Uh, they're not going to be an option for Marlon Mack. I'm just wondering if if he ever – I mean, does he ever get a single start in the NFL again? Wow. That's that's harsh. Yeah. But I'm with you. I mean, I don't know that I could cut him, but, boy, if I could include him in a two-for-two two trade and the person I'm trading to thinks that they're getting something, you know what I mean? Like, if they, they include it as a partial value, great. And it's funny, as soon as you mentioned him – I thought of two names from his draft class that, you know, a, a storied running back draft class. What about Tariq Cohen? And it breaks my heart a little bit. James Conner could be that guy any minute, too. Yeah, Conner certainly still has some trade value. And, and honestly, sure. Mac, Mac probably does, too. I think there's a lot of dynasty players out there who maybe say or maybe still think of him as a, a top 30 running back and you know he just got hurt this year but he'll be back next year Uh, like I said that injury is not it's not just a torn ACL that that somebody uh, will be back next year Uh, I don't know that he'll ever be the same again we Mm -hmm. we have not seen a running back come back from that uh, from that injury 
Yeah, I'm not counting on Marlon Mack being the first. He's knocking on the door being a roster clogger, and when you're up on the... Once you start knocking, chances are they're going to open that door and let you into roster clogger land, you know? Yeah, and and you you do make a good point. Of, of all the players we're going to look at, I do think he's the one probably with the most trade value just because he is younger and, and he's had probably more recent success than some of these other players. Throw out a couple other names, see if you disagree or have any thoughts about those. Jordan Howard and I Sony just wrote Michelle. it down one second ago. Nice. Yes, both of them are perfect example. They're they're not good at football anymore. If this was 1985, they might be worth keeping on your roster, but no, nobody wants those types. Yeah, I think all four of those players maybe could be debated if they're worth keeping on your roster as we enter the offseason or not. Uh, A couple that I I think there's no debate, but they're still on dynasty rosters. LaShawn McCoy, Frank Gore, get those guys Mm -hmm. out. They, they belong on the waiver wire. It, to me, it was tougher to find uh, roster clogger uh, uh, wide receivers. Deshaun Jackson, what do you think about him? Hmm. Well, I really think Jalen Hurts is going to be the starter there, and they're going to throw 20 passes a game. And he was never a high-target guy to begin with. Rager was brought in. Even Hightower's there for his role. Yeah, he's... Pretty darn close. He needs to go somewhere else. Yeah, and, and just hasn't been able to stay healthy yet right, again this right. season, which has been a uh, it's been a theme for him really throughout his career. He's played four games this year. His best finish was wide receiver thirty six uh, back in week two. So that's that's the best game he's given you. Uh, yeah, pro- probably probably not worth keeping. This one hurts, Matt. Randall Cobb. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it, it would take a pretty lean week to hit that that to check that box to have him start for you. It'd have to be a lot of injuries and a lot of buys. And yeah, and I mean, my guy from Kentucky, been a, a huge Randall Cobb fan. I've got him on a ton of my teams right now. Uh, but looking at his his uh, performance this year, he's got two games as a top twenty wide receiver, uh, which. You know, that's that's solid, obviously starter worthy, but picking out when those two games would happen is a challenge. And then you look at his other uh, his other finishes. He has uh, he has six games out of the top 50. So it's definitely a lot more missed than it is hit. Who knows if he's even going to be back with Houston? He's bounced around after uh, after leaving Green Bay two two teams in two years. And obviously is, is getting up there in age. I love him, but he has no trade value. I, I don't no. think you could even get a third rounder for him. And, um, and you're, you don't want to start him. So again, that, that fits our criteria. He's older. You can't start him. You can't trade him. Get him out. Uh, yeah. Noticed noticed a few tight ends. I'm going to throw out a couple names really quickly that I think super are quick. Pretty... Can I give you two wide receivers I just wrote down that are knocking on the door of that territory? Oh yeah, let's hear them. Golden Tate, AJ Green. Uh, yes, Tate is a great one. I actually dropped uh, actually dropped Golden Tate in a league uh, a few weeks ago. It um, it's a contract league and was kind of tight on contract space, so somebody had to go. I dropped him, and somebody else picked him up immediately. So and you don't miss him one bit. 
Yep. I had never considered starting him. Uh, at least not this season and probably not going forward. Uh, AJ green, I would say still has some trade value just because of, of that name value. Uh, kind of the same conversation that we had with Marlon Mack. I, I do think you could get, I think you could get a third rounder for AJ green, maybe even a couple third rounders. Mm-hmm. If somebody's hanging on to what we saw two or three years ago. So I wouldn't, I would not drop green, but based on what we've seen on the field, he probably deserves that roster clogger status. Um, some tight ends, like I said, I think these are pretty easy decisions, but they're still on rosters in uh, in in my leagues that are deeper, 25 to 30-man rosters. Vance McDonald, Cameron yes. Brake, Greg Olson, those guys can all go. Easily. But I wanted, I wanted to ask you about four younger tight ends. We've had high hopes for all of these guys uh, recently, but they just keep letting us down. Do you have any hope? I don't, I don't think these guys are roster cloggers yet. I'm keeping them on my team, but they're frustrating. Ian Thomas. I just wrote his name down. I was going to ask you if he was on the four. That's funny. Chris Herndon. Ugh, that hurts me. David Njoku and OJ Howard. Thomas, I think, is a clogger. Howard, I'm a buy on. I think he could go to New England next year and be awesome. You know, something like that. Najoku still looks. I know it's always New England. Yeah, they can't take everybody. <laughs> Najoku still looks good. And who is your last one? He's another high pick. Herndon. Herndon. I thought this was his year. Like I own a lot of Herndon stock. Yeah. yeah maybe maybe we're hoping for for Lawrence or, or Fields or whoever it might be, or maybe just a new coaching staff to turn things around for Chris Herndon. We'll see about that. I know we got to move, but I got one more name for you. That's yeah. almost at that AJ Green level. Todd Gurley. You can't. Yeah. Him. No, no, not quite to roster clogger status. Because if you're a roster clogger, you can be dropped, and not only not only are you dropping them, but you feel good about dropping them. Right. Yeah, he, he's not there yet. But w- when you get down to the point where you can't get a second rounder for them, that's kind of. That, that's the range. If you can't get a okay. second rounder for a player. Um, now, again, we're talking about older players. You know, you, you might not be able to get a second rounder for uh, for my guy, Lynn Bowden. Sure, but, sure, sure. But, but he's young. You can write Kind of like what yeah, you've yeah, seen. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, Gurley. Uh, it's, it's, it's a bad, you can get it's a bad deal. I'm dumping him. That's my point. Yeah, he's, he's getting close to that for sure. Okay. Matt, when we come back, we'll finish up the show with a couple listener questions. First, I want to help you break through your wall, whether it's a mental or physical wall. Break through it with Go Every Day. They come in easy ounce and a half packages. You can put them in your briefcase for a very focused presentation. Uh, your golf bag to help you through that back nine, or just put it through your pocket to get through the day. I like them before I go to the gym, those type of things. So, Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's basically five-hour energy without that crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's way better for your body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and much better results. Uh, It comes in three different flavors. It comes in peanut butter, honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. Uh, Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein, so it makes it super fast absorbing. gets into my system really fast, plus it's very easy on my stomach. 
Uh, it's loaded with all sorts of good stuff to ignite my work or my, my uh, workout or whatever. Um, it, it has, it called, I mentioned the collagen protein, protein. It promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. So it actually makes you even look a little better, too, as well as feel much better. Visit BuiltGo.com and use our promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Hey, Matt, before we check out these listener questions, I want to tell our listeners about another podcast. Matt, you might know about this one. It's called The Peacock and Williamson Show. Uh, NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Matt Williamson. It's a mouthful. Host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and moves around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Matt, let's finish up the show with a couple of listener questions. We got we got multiple questions about this tight end from Florida, Matt. I know you're not mm-hmm. a, a huge college him. football yeah. guy, but man, this this kid, Kyle Pitts, has just had a dominant season. Uh, I know Ray Garvin, who we, we had on uh, the Dynasty Blueprint all last offseason doing our rookie previews for us. Ray has has just raved about this this kid all season long, and I know uh, many others have been very impressed with him too. Had another big game in the SEC title game last weekend and then announced that he was, of course, declaring for the NFL draft and uh, skipping Florida's bowl game. So Kyle Pitts is coming to the NFL. Uh, every mock draft I've seen, has this kid uh, certainly as the first tight end off the board and and maybe as high as top 10. And then the, we're getting questions, and I've seen a lot of conversation on Twitter. How high do we take Kyle Pitts in a dynasty rookie draft? And I, I don't know if, if we're ready to answer that or if we have enough information to answer that, Matt. But I just kind of want to take the big picture approach. Drafting a tight end, in the first round of the dynasty rookie draft, we've we've talked about it before with Hawkinson and Fant. We had the conversation with Ingram and Joku Howard. Um, if you want to go several years back, Eric Ebron was a, a guy that was in the first round. So, in in general, how do you feel about using that first round rookie pick on a tight end? Well, the data shows us that they take longer to pay off than other positions, especially running back and receiver. And that makes perfect sense. But I'm also open to the idea that because tight ends aren't asked to block like they used to, and they come from these wide-open systems and don't even really block at the NFL level, the you know Evan Ingrams in the world and these type of guys, that maybe if we do a study a couple years from now, their average age where they start producing starts to come down dramatically and they start to impact the league quicker than they did. But I'm a little old school on that. I mean, I'll never forget the first ESPN Fantasy Summit I was a part of was the Ebron year. And we were all battling it out. How are we going to rank our tight ends? And a lot of people wanted to put Ebron really high. He's a special talent. And a couple of the old school guys bore down and said, 
He's a rookie. I'm not investing in a rookie tight end. And in the end, I still think rookie tight ends are... And I learned this trick from you, and it kind of also... It might even apply to Howard and Najoku and some of those guys we talked about. A great move that I learned from you was let someone else draft pits in the first round of your rookie draft, and then in November, call them to try to get them. Yeah, yeah, I still like that plan. Uh, sometimes it's easier said than done, of course, if sure. if there's still a lot of hype. I mean, even with, with Fant and Hawkinson, we saw them uh, at least show promise as rookies uh, a season ago. And, and while their ADP actually dropped from the preseason to – uh, to the end of the season, I don't feel like I don't feel like their their managers were giving up on them or, or ready to dump them. Uh, so I, I like that plan, but I'm worried if Kyle Pitts is just going to be that that next player that gets so much hype that maybe you can't execute that plan. No, that's probably true. And, like, and if somebody's if they're spending a top five pick on him, which that's kind of where the conversation is now. Uh, then, then it's going to be even more difficult. My quick question for you: the, the, the only thing that would worry me about Pitts for fantasy is he's going to run a lot of routes between the numbers, physical routes, and just the little I've seen of him, he's extremely impressive and long and smooth and athletic mm-hmm. and fluid and all that stuff. But I just wonder if he can get bumped around by linebackers through his routes and things like that. Just the physicality of route running at this level might slow him down more than you think. Yeah, and, and we've had those conversations with tight ends before. Uh, we kind of had the reverse conversation, I guess, with Chase Claypool last year. Uh, is this guy really a wide receiver? And, and Pitts certainly plays like one. Uh, he's got that tight end designation, and, and I assume he will in the NFL as well. So we'll see how he transitions. But looking at the class, I mean, it's stacked at wide receiver. There's a couple running backs I like. If you're talking about a super flex league, uh, we might see five quarterbacks being drafted in the first round of the NFL draft, which means we should have five quarterbacks drafted in the first round of dynasty rookie drafts. I can't see using a top three top five pick even on Kyle Pitts I'm putting him if if I were doing rankings with 2021 rookies included right now I'm probably putting him somewhere between four and eight and maybe he's close to Hawkinson he's close to Fant Mm -hmm. so the way I've thought about it is think about what rookie pick you'd be willing to trade for Hawkinson right now whatever whatever your answer to that is that's where you should be looking at Kyle Pitts Hmm. I think I'd rather have Hawkinson, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know that's, what I mean? that's right. That's understandable. And, and I'm sure some out there say they would say they would rather have Pitts. And yeah. maybe you, you can bump that up or bump that down a little bit either way. But when I think about if I need a tight end, what rookie pick am I flipping for Fant or Pitts or Hunter Henry, maybe? I don't, I don't know if he's in that conversation. It, it's probably a late first. So that's that's where I would be looking at Pitts right now. And, and maybe he you know, breaks the mold and dominates the combine. That would, that would not really be a surprise. And, and we're going to be looking at him uh, more as, a, as an early first rounder or mid first rounder. And um, maybe that just means I miss out on, on Kyle Pitts in my leagues. Which isn't always the end of the world either. Sometimes you just no. got to, yeah, that's okay. You know, 
Um, one other question. This comes from John Gibbs at jgibbs underscore three on Twitter. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, buy, sell, or hold. Uh, we've talked a lot of rookies uh, throughout the season, especially the running backs. We haven't talked about Clyde in a while, and, and now we saw on Sunday suffer that nasty injury. Sounds like he's at least out for the rest of the regular season, which is two more games. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if he does not come back. That looked looked pretty bad. Uh, so factoring in the injury, factoring in uh, his usage on that offense. And, and I mean, we have to start at this point thinking about Damian Williams. They're going to have Damian Williams back on this roster next year. Uh, what are you doing with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Buy, sell, or hold, Matt? Well, he would have been a sell for me every step of the way. But now this injury, I'm getting less on that sale. So if I'm still getting the price pre-injury, great. And I also know something that really shows up to me in Dynasty is these guys that go deep into the playoff, their stock rises even if it doesn't deserve to at times. Mm, And if we're not going to get that boost from him, I don't love the timing. But I think he's a sell overall. Yeah, yep, that's where I am as well. If we see... If we see a drastic price drop because of this injury, then uh, I, w- I would likely move more to the the hold range. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. I- I'm probably trying to move on. Uh, the value still seems to be pretty high in general. I think you can get uh, a first plus. I think you could pivot to uh, to one of these other young players, potentially one of these rookies. I mean, I think you could get... Brandon Ayuk plus, which I would take that. That's nice, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That those are the type of moves I would be looking to make with uh, with Clyde Edwards Solaire. That is it for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Remember to follow the show at on Twitter at Locked On Dynasty. You can follow Matt at Williamson NFL, and I'm Ryan MC23. We'll be back next time with more Locked On Dynasty.